Hello and welcome back to Parallel Passion. Before we begin, I'd like to sincerely thank everyone who supports the show on Patreon. If you wish to join the awesome patrons of the show, go to patreon.com slash or follow the link in the show notes. You'll not only be supporting this podcast and the idea behind it, but you'll also receive a special supporter package. Today I'm joined by Jean Ilich. He's a fellow Slovenian runner and an all-round interesting person. We talk about his origin story, woodworking, teaching and learning in the digital age, philosophy, living off-grid and, of course, running. I hope you enjoyed this at least as much as I did. Here, Jean. Hi, Jean. Welcome to Parallel Passion. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? Good, good. I'm enjoying the sunshine. Just got in, just got back home from a little short cycling trip and... I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's so interesting because like the previous two months, everyone was like, oh, the fog in Ljubljana and whatever. But now like now it's nice and sunny. <laughs> Man, it's it's spring. It's springtime. It's like we've been having almost 20 degrees Celsius. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like February, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. And people say global warming is bad. It's amazing. <laughs> Except for me, I miss the snow. I miss the snow this year because it's like dreamy in Ljubljana if it's snowing. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Cities and snow, it, it's then, it can be a nuisance. It's nice in the, in the mountains and like for running and everything, but like inside the city. Nah. Yeah, it's it's be- it's beautiful with, with all the lights in Ljubljana. You have to admit that though. Yeah. When it's snowy and all the lights are on, that's like one of the prettiest, prettiest sights in in our city anyway uh why don't we start by you giving like a short intro who you are what do you do all right um where to start it's uh make a long story short huh um my name is jean like jean-claude van damme (laughs) but without the claude van damme and Um, spelled differently (laughs) yeah i'm 30 something years old um and i spend most of my adult life living in california um, working on a couple of startups. Um, I joined one as CTO when I was really young, I think 19 years old, um, and then left kind of when it became too big. Um, had a couple of other ventures in California, one in New York City, and then just kind of figured out that whole startup world wasn't for me. Um, decided to come back home to Slovenia, Ljubljana, really always loved it here and this was always home for me um so i came back and then almost two years ago uh i joined a company called camino um as creative director and started putting together a design division internal internally within the company we make mobile apps um for kind of the premium market um really kind of handcrafted stuff um and i've been loving every moment of it so that's that's kind of the short elevator pitch of what I do, but other stuff, I don't know. I, I like to run a lot. <laughs> that's how I met you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's true. But actually, I would I would uh, like to ask about something first. So you, you mentioned you lived in California for a while. Um, what um, what made you move there? Like, what was the reason that you moved to the to the US? Oh, that's a that's a fun story. So I started. I made. Um, I made friends on Twitter with um, Dan Cederholm, who was the founder of Dribble. Um, you probably know Dribble, the kind of biggest design community yeah. um, online. So I was one of the first dribblers, and I started like uploading little design tidbits and stuff like that. And then 
one day I got just a random email from a guy named Scott from California and he was like, hey man, we're like building a startup. There's three of us. We're looking for like a design tech programmer unicorn. <laughs> um, would you like to join us? And I said, yes. And then we started working on a prototype of of what will be ultimately become Coupon Pal, which is uh, an affiliate marketing um, provider. We also had ran our own website, but we were like a performance marketing specialist for um, for like HP and Lenovo and IBM and, and clients like that, mostly in the tech space. Mm-hmm. Um, so we made the first version of CP within the first month, and I think we were profitable really early on, like after one month or something crazy. So we bought like plane tickets for me. Um, and I came over on an ESTA for three months, went back home, got a student visa, enrolled in, in college in, in the US <laughs> in I think UCLA or something. Um, and then I interned there and then we got lawyers involved in everything and got me a business visa and I, I stayed, I stayed there, but it was like, it was a random email from, from Scott, which would become, he became one of my best friends and co-founder. And yeah, isn't it amazing how many, uh, great stories begin like, Oh, I saw this tweet somewhere or like someone sent me an email. It's, it's crazy. Like how, uh, so tiny thing can have such a huge impact. Cause like, I imagine your life com- completely changed because of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it completely flipped, but the thing was, I, I think. You're absolutely right, but you have to be open to that, right? Because I also had like on the other side, I also had like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Like I'm going to get like my kidneys stolen in California. And <laughs> like my parents are really like old school, um, old school. And they were like freaking out. Like you met these people on the internet a month ago and you're moving there. <laughs> what the hell, John? I was like, I was 19 years old as a kid. Um, but it was the best decision. I mean, it was the best, the best decision that I made to move to the US. I, I wouldn't be the same person today mm. um, if I haven't done that. Hadn't done that. Yeah, I still remember those early days of internet, where like you met these people online, like, but can you, can you trust them? Like, who are who are those people? And nowadays, we just do everything online. It's completely opposite. Yeah, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's kind of like I always told my mom, "Mom, it's like he sent me a letter. It's except it's just like faster. <laughs> it's way <laughs> it moves way faster. But it would be the same. Like I got a job offer by a letter, something, but it was just like a really quick. Um, yeah, so I mean that that was that was the story of me uh, moving to California, and then I think it was like six and a half years of LA, something mm. five six. So it wasn't even San Francisco. It was LA. Uh, no, I actually lived, I lived in LA and our office was right on Lincoln and Venice. So like the Venice beach area mm. was, was my home. That's nice. Yeah. Eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, why, why did you decide to move back? Um, that's a harder question to answer. Um, I think the ultimate reason was. I didn't like the mentality of the people there. I, I, don't get me wrong; like I met amazing people, and and some some of my best friends are still from from California. Um, but I just I didn't get the mentality. I think we Europeans are different. I think we think different. We have different moral values. Like our core values are different. Mm. Can you give an example? Um. I don't know, just like even family life. Um, like I was raised in, in, in an old school family. It's like a mix of 
like loud people, quiet people, everything. We're just like family always came first for me. Um, and I was raised in that. I had a big family. Um, and I just never got that in the US. I never I think everyone just had the attitude of like, okay, we're going to feed you and clothe you until you're like 16, 18, and then you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has to do with like their education system. I hated the like medical system. <laughs> um, then I don't know if you know, but they have like stuff that's called like a compassionate release, which is basically if you don't have health insurance, they dump you on like a bus station and stuff. And I experienced stuff like that <laughs> firsthand. Christ. Um, and I just, I, I never, I never really clicked there, but after it was really like fun and shiny and I was kind of what you would consider successful, um, there, but I always felt like empty on, like, I don't know. I hate to use the word spiritual. I think it's abused, but, um, like on, 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 on the inside, I always felt empty there. Like nothing fed my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, I mean, the big thing for me for coming back was my mind kind of works. I always, when I start something new, whether it's a business or friendship or relationship, anything, I always kind of, my brain goes into like deconstruct mode and I dissect all the bits and pieces and try and understand everything and then kind of tackle it and then start running. And the last company, um, which is called Juco is a nonprofit um, mobile market, like mobile advertising platform. I loved everything that we did, but I just kind of got really hurt by understanding and studying the nonprofit world and kind of understanding that nonprofits and poverty is like a business. Hmm. Um, and I just really got like deeply hurt on a personal level by that. And I just couldn't like live with myself working. Yeah. It's like one of those moments seeing how the sausage is made because like suddenly your view for the same thing changes completely. Exactly, exactly. And that was I think that was the the pivotal kind of moment for me just wanted like I just remembered like how life was a lot simpler here from for in Slovenia, it's it's like you're surrounded in you know, in our city, like when you look at one side, there's mountains on the other side, there's mountains, like there's always somewhere where you can kind of retreat into and I've always, always since I was a kid, I always played in nature and um, I was just always an outside person. And then especially LA is like, you're really, LA is a funny city. Um, cause I think you're kind of disconnected from people. Um, you always like go from your apartment, you sit in your car for 45 minutes and then you arrive somewhere and go out. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, you're surrounded by people, but there's no like walking on the street and like passing by people and stuff like that. It's just like a, a different way of social interaction there. Um, have you visited any other towns in in us because um like my only experience is, is portland and portland is very much like european like oregon is nice yeah so i felt uh yeah at, like at home like you said there are mountains there people walk everywhere people cycle everywhere i felt like at home sort of but still there was uh, a similar disconnect that you said uh, even though like i was there for a really short time but i've i felt like the the friendships there uh they people make friends much easier, but the connections are way more shallow. They're not as deep as they as they are here. At least that was my experience. Like that in in Europe, or maybe it's like a it's a Balkan thing. We don't let people in that fast, but like once we do, you're like in for a deep ride. 
you're like yeah you become you become family here um exactly what you just said like that that was i think that was kind of my point is like mm -hmm. how you interact with people here like being from the balkans i think always here it's like people become your family slowly like, like you said we're really kind of cautious and everything but once you're in you're like a part of the tribe you're a part of the family and i never got that there but i mean i traveled all across the u.s like the bible belts and <laughs> i mean everything's kind of amazing i think the u.s don't get like i'm not saying anything bad over the united States. i think it's an amazing place it just wasn't for me um but i think i think kind of it's it's just pockets of different cultures like if you go to colorado or like you said oregon or or seattle like mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. are different friendlier like san fran is completely different la and new york um is a completely different place so you have like it, it's similar to europe right like england completely different culture everything it's really similar similar in that way mm -hmm. they're just kind of connected by the same purchasing mentality or like marketing mentality and language um But as far as like attitudes and and how like people in Colorado are, you'll just find like runners and climbers and stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. um, different different types of people in different cities, definitely. And then like once you go inside towards the center of the U.S., really kind of start understanding how it all began. And like you know, they always say like freedom in in the United <laughs> States, like freedom is our our core. But I think. They kind, I think some that got lost somewhere along the lines, and it just kind of became capitalism. Speaking of words that get abused, yeah. So you mentioned running before. Were you a runner before going to US? Did you run in LA? Okay, so that that's another funny, um, funny story. So no, um, I've never. I did like judo and swimming and and stuff like like that when I was um, when I was a kid, but. After a while, it just really started, especially in California, really started like working hard, eating really freaking unhealthy. And I got really fat. I got to the <laughs> point I was like over 100 kilos and I'm like not, I'm 183 centimeters. Um, I'm not that, I'm not that tall really, but I got really to the point where I was like feeling unhealthy and like my back started hurting and everything. Um, and then I started doing these little tiny short runs Like the first time I went running, I couldn't run. I don't know. It was less than a kilometer, I think. <laughs> um, that's like six, seven years ago. Um, and then I started going for these short runs and then just like in nature, you know, in, in um, when, when you find these like little bar workout parks everywhere. Um, so just started like doing pull-ups, push-ups, little like training like that. And then only a couple, like five, four or five years ago, I really started working on becoming a stronger person um and kind of increasing my running but everything was still under three four five k maybe mm -hmm. um and then three years ago a really good friend asked me if i would crew for him at an ultra marathon uh, his name is miha he's like an ultra runner different miha not different miha not you um, <laughs> so he's a really awesome guy and kind of uh wanted to share the experience with me so i went and i just kind of i was just like awestruck I, i witnessed like a person run for 24 hours through the night with no sleep nothing um and i saw like what suffering is like i saw him <laughs> suffering go through it was insane like it, it it changed me forever like i i've i haven't been the same person after witnessing that um and then i said like hey 
I want to see what it looks like to run for an hour. So it slowly started building up to like 10K, 15K. Then I think it was four months, three or four months after that, I ran my first like 25K trail race. Mm. Um, and that's been, yeah, that's been a couple. So now I've been like really running for two something, maybe more years. Um, did my first marathon in October and I'm doing Lavaredo. I got accepted out of like 3,000 something runners this year which is like my first like it's all the ultra trail world 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 tour um it's one of the races uh it's in cortona italy Mm -hmm. and that's 50 miles so that's going to be my first ultra marathon and then next year i'm hoping to run my first 100 miler to 166 kilometers yeah oh wow so i'm slowly building up um and i don't know my my approach to running is I don't want to kind of, I want to experience that. I want to see what, I want to experience what Mika went through there. <laughs> like I, I, and there's a, there's a really good quote. I don't know who is by, but um, it says like, if you want to start running, run, run your first mile. If you want to really understand yourself, run a marathon. But if you want to meet God, you should run an ultra marathon. And I <laughs> think like some, I think there's something there. Um, and you probably have sensed that at some point yeah i've heard that one before but uh i i don't know i'm uh i, I think i'm i'm happy with knowing myself running a marathon it's just uh, it's enough for me i guess <laughs> yeah yeah there, i mean I've, I've always had this always had this funny relationship with with suffering i've never liked when when i didn't i i always need to like push myself mentally physically um I become better. I think like breaking myself down in like a controlled manner, um, that builds me up. Kind, it's a fu- funny concept, but I think there is something to be found in like going through hard things. I think everything is too comfy around us. Like you go to the store, you have a nice car, you have a nice office. I think everything is like we're becoming too comfy. We're not like running around hunting, fighting we're not doing anything really difficult and i find peace in challenging myself like in breaking myself down find peace in suffering peace in suffering <laughs> i have anything to say <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool that's awesome like i uh am starting to enjoy trail runs more and more mostly because of the people um cuz uh not not saying that the road runners are not nice but i think running uh, on trail is like it's a special kind of person, more like hippie-like, more in tune with nature. They're very like friendly people, and it's it's so fun. Everyone's so encouraging. Like it's uh, yeah, like I've fallen in love with it really over the past couple of months. Yeah, I had I had a really eye-opening experience, and I think it was my first twenty-five k trail race, and that was like I only ran on the road. I've never ran like a trail race or anything, so. I had the same experience. I mean, the people are kind of, it seems to attract the same type of people, like people that are really kind of want to be better humans, love nature. It kind of attracts like a similar mindset. And I remember like going up this first hill was like a thousand meter climb or something um, in Slovenia. And I was like dead. I pushed myself like I was at the absolute limit and I got up top. There's this like older, older lady, I think she's like almost like 60s, maybe 50, 60, came up to me and she was like, do you even take time to enjoy this? And I just like <laughs> remember looking up on the top of the hill 
there's like this fog in the valley and like the sun was just coming up and I was just like, oh my God, like I completely missed the point of this. Mm-hmm. And I just sat down then for like 10, 15 minutes, like relaxed a bit and then continued under my own steam. But yeah, like exactly. I, th- I think road running is more kind of pushing yourself to reach the best time to be faster, better, stronger. And then trail running is just about like conquering distance and just like seeing where your legs can take you. It's more free. Mm. And uh, you also do cycling, as you mentioned, you just came back from uh, from like a short ride now, right now. Do you do that on trails as well? Or is that uh, more on the roads? I absolutely would not call, my, call myself a cyclist because I bought like a cyclocross bike, which is basically like a road bike with gravel tires. Um, but I bought it a week ago. So last week, I went with um, two two of my friends. I went cycle on my first cycling trip and did like a sixty k run. Um, sixty we did sixty kilometers, like a one k hill climb, which was insane. So I fell in love with it a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been on the bike like every day for the past <laughs> week. I'm just like so. It, it's it's kind of, it's really similar to running. Um, I've always enjoyed like fast cars. Um, motorcycles like I've always been like an adrenaline junkie with with speed and then like go going and experiencing like that on a bike on a bicycle it's amazing it's just like it's quiet like you only feel the wind you can move really fast like downhills are amazing so I just like it's I think it's kind of like running for me it's a new love in my life upping my upping my running weekly now in these past like two three months I just started feeling like I don't know if it's really the best thing to be running like 50, 100K a week. Um, so I think the heart doesn't really know what it's doing. Um, you just need to like challenge it. I, I think I'm going to switch my training to just kind of saying I want to do like seven to 10 hours a week, uh, whether it be cycling or running. Um, just kind of try and save the knees and joints a bit with, with the bicycle. I think that's the main reason why why I got the bike. Oh yeah, no, that's that's cool. I mean, in one of the previous episodes, I hosted Joran, who basically cycled through entire United States on the West Coast, and that's just uh, absolutely insane. Um, and I definitely recommend listening to that if if you haven't already. I've listened to all of them, and that's one thing that I forgot to say in the beginning. I feel completely honored to be in, in, in this kind <laughs> <No>. <laughs> of guest list of, of the podcast. Like, I don't know why I'm here, but I love it. I'm going to accept it. <laughs> well, you know you know why you're here, because I asked you. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, you like to create things, like in general. Um, it's it's not just that you want to keep pushing yourself like with, with running or now cycling or whatever. And keep pushing yourself. I, I think it's also true for your like um, stuff that you do. I, I found something on your blog post about the the, the Z wallet, and maybe you can talk a bit about that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You did your research. Um, yeah, that's my job. That's my literally my own job. <laughs> your only job. Um, yeah. So I mean, since I was a kid, I always liked to like do things with my hands. I always loved computers and like. I re- I got into computers really young because we had this friend um, that had like the 386 and Commodores and everything. Mm-hmm. And he taught me how to like take them apart and put them together. And I was like 10 years old or something. And I always was in like fiddling with, with my hands. I always like to create things. And even, even like later in my career, like I do design now, but I, I used to code a lot. 
Um, I always considered myself like a builder. Um, I just like learned the tools, whether it was building with code or pixels or triangles or something. I always like to build things. Um, and when I came back from the US, I said, okay, I'm screw this. I'm retiring. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to make like little products, um, for myself and then kind of mass produce them um in smaller batches so i bought myself like a cnc machine went on youtube learned how to cnc machine stuff out of wood and made a 3d like started 3d modeling learned 3d modeling it took me i think like six months to like get all of the skills to do that and then made like a wallet um for myself like a slim minimalist wallet and made 77 of them made a website put it on, sold all of them within like, I think three, four months. Um, and then I got offered to throw together Camino's design division and chose that, um, chose that instead. Um, because I never, I never really, I never really wanted to, to make wooden products when I was still living in the city. I always had this dream of like having a small house in the woods and just like making stuff out of wood. So that, that was just kind of a disconnect. I think I started it too early. Um, I loved it. It was an awesome experience. I still have the CNC machine and everything like stored up. And I think I'm going to restart that in like a year or two, but I wasn't ready to really like run fully with that. So it was more of like an experiment to see if I'd love it. I loved it. So now it's like, that's my retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make my own products. Um, and I have like a couple of other ideas on the back burner for, for making like some more wooden stuff, but I'm always, that was the main thing for me. I, I decided to make 77 of each and I'm going to stick with that just because I never want to be stuck making wallets my whole life. That was the main <laughs> reason. Isn't it crazy living in this era where you can just buy a CNC machine and then go on YouTube and learn how to operate it? Yeah, I mean, man, man that's... I mean, if someone told us this 10 years ago, or, well, maybe maybe more, maybe 15 years ago, yeah. like that, yeah, you don't need to learn anything in here school. in school, yeah. You just, well, unless you're a surgeon, that I guess it's an exception. But for the vast majority of things, like just, you know, there will be this website. You can just go there, watch someone who's really an expert do it, and they will tell you how to do it, and then you can do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always... Maybe, maybe something to, to kind of dig in deeper, but education, like for me, I, I never felt like I belonged in, in our educational system and I think that's because like it's built to kind of teach you out of out of being like kid like like childlike. I think I think we all have this like wonder seeking creative part of us. And then if you go study law, like I think you're kind of schooled out of that. You're kind of taught not to to be like really strict and think and sit and 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 write and stuff like that and you're kind of taught out of that but i always thought like that that's such an old school like the world is not like that anymore and i think like teaching how to learn is more important and i've done yeah. that with my nephews and they're like insane like my 13 year old nephew has been like jailbreaking android phones and <laughs> and like he's just he's insane like watching him is crazy and every time like i ask him like where did you learn that i learned it on like the internet or learned it on youtube how do you teach them that how do you teach them how to learn um 
so I, I taught him, like I spend, I spent a lot of time with my nephew when he was like really shaping, shaping his mind when he was like a lot younger. And I did the same thing that my dad did with me. Like my dad used to take me like some of the most beautiful memories I have. Like, you know, when P in, in Slovenia, we have when people throw stuff away, they throw them on like these big piles once a year. And then like they come with the truck and, and take them away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every time that happened every year, my dad would take me and take like three old radios and like a cassette player and a TV and something and just put it in the garage. And then throughout the year, we like just take it apart and try and fix it. Or just like he would show me how it was made like he he was an electrician in the military Mm -hmm. um so he understood all of that and i think it's just i i did the same to with with alexei i just kind of showed him that everything can be broken into smaller pieces and just i think gave him that kind of hunger to to want to do that um i think everyone has it it's just like you're taught out of it and i think if you nurture that and show kids that they can they can kind of do things differently um not how they're told to do them Mm -hmm. um i think that's that's like the easiest way it's just kind of listening to them being there and showing them showing them how to learn that was that that's the most important thing like giving that hunger something that it can feed off of yeah i think um what schools should really be teaching now is um first of all how to look up stuff how to find stuff how to google i mean for lack of better term because people don't know how to do it properly yeah also i think a lot of uh, education should go towards how to be a critical thinker how to discern truth from lies especially in this like fake news era where there's so many like stuff like chemtrails anti-vaxxers and all that crap where people just find something online and then they just believe it because i don't know they write this oh there's some ex-doctor that used to work at nasa wrote this but they never check right yeah and that's a good point also is i've always been that way like i've always questioned everything and i just learned like growing up most like most all of uh, everything you hear is bullshit like a lot of a lot of stuff is just kind of skewed and and people's opinions are hidden in in it and i was just like i always had my my head always just like questioned everything and i always tried to look at the facts and then put together piece together my own my own image um whether it's politics or just society societal norms like how to behave how to be mm-hmm. i always questioned everything um I don't know. That's that's just like I'm I'm built like that. <laughs> I don't know if I, t- I if I learned that, or I'm just like my, my my head just works that way. Yeah, I was like that as well. That's why teachers normally didn't like me very much. I was uh, I was the loud kid from the back, just trying to find holes in any explanation that they were trying to feed us. Um, but I I think this is a skill that is severely lacking in like today's. Uh, I don't know, people or uh, community or I don't know how you would say it's populous in general. Yeah, I mean, I th- for you, I think you're still like that. You're just more reserved <laughs> <laughs> with with handing out opinions. <laughs> like you keep your opinions to yourself, but I think you're still like that. Yeah, may- maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I we, we've talked about um, like me me building, building my house. But e- even with that, like that was... 
I've just like I don't know why anyone would build a house out of brick today. Like I just never understood. Like everyone tells you, like, oh, go found find an architect, go find this, go do this, go do it this way. I was like, I question light switches. Are they the best way to turn a light on and off? Like I I, I just I just do that. <laughs> That's it, it's it's fun for me. Right. Speaking of the house, so what are you building? Okay. So um, huh? How to? Again, elevator pitch for my house. <laughs> um, when I came back from the U.S., I took all of my life savings and bought a piece of land, um, the highest highest hill in the like surrounding region um, of Ljubljana, and slowly in the past couple of years started like building out the property and everything. And this year, more like this year, hopefully, if everything goes right, this has been like a five year project. Um, I'm building a tiny thirty square meter house. Um, completely off grid, um, but not really don't like picture a shipping container or anything. It's like I, I tackled building a house like I would building a product. I took everything out of the equation and like took all the norms. Like, like I said, why are windows the most expensive part of the house? Like, why are they, why, why are windows made that way? Like, it's stupid. Like windows could be made better. So I started digging into window making and figured out how to, um, figured out how to make better windows. Like I, I, I don't know, little tidbits about my house. Like there's not going to be a single window that has like two modes of opening, you know, like the standard one, like it's just going to be a sliding door that opens up the entire house to, to the outside. Um, so like I, just these standard norms of how a house should be built. I think it's good and it's kind of a system like the educational system is. It's just like an optimized system of how to reach a house or how to build a house. But I wanted to build something more intimate, something that fits me more like a like a watch or like a wallet or something. I, I wanted something more personal. Um, so I just started like digging into architecture, talking to friends that are architects and slowly started building out the plans and everything. Um, it's going to be solar powered rainwater harvesting and then the freakiest part of all that freaks people out is going to have a composting toilet <laughs> yeah so self self sustainability was like the key driving factor for that like i just found the idea the, i found the idea of being self-sufficient really romantic for me like it, it just kind of warms my heart to be not plugged into anything from the city but is it also gonna be low tech, or are you building it like with um, all the the stuff that we take for granted, like I don't know, Wi-Fi and that? I need I need Wi-Fi. Yeah, I need I need why I would I would I die without Wi-Fi. Um, but as far as as far as the techie bits, it's gonna be smart and dumb. Um, it, everything's gonna be analog in the house. Everything's gonna be manual, um, except the kind of life except the like life sufficient sufficient services like air quality um temperature heating stuff like that i want that to be fully automized like stuff like that is going to be fully automated um i don't want to be like checking thermostats or gauges or anything like i don't want to be messing with with keeping my house a comfy place to live in so all of that is going to be on autopilot um, but other things like I'm going to have normal light, light switches, no, Hey Siri, <laughs> no smart lights because, oh, and Siri on my no. iPad just turns, <laughs> <laughs> just turned off. 
Oh, that's so perfect. Like I just perfect. wanted to say that, like, don't say it because like my HomePod might pick it up, but your iPad did. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with with like a mix of of a mix of technology and analog. I'll still find a balance because like don't consider like this house project that I'm building. It's nowhere. Like it's not. I'm not a hundred percent sure it's gonna work out. I think it is. It's an experiment mm-hmm. <laughs> in like passive off-grid living. Um, but the goal, I mean, the go- end goal in life was just kind of, I never wanted to put myself in debt. I uh, never wanted to have like a 300 square meter house because I would have to like put myself in debt for the next 30 years. So I just took the money that I saved up that I had and I was like, okay, how big of a house can I build with it? 30 square meters. All right, we'll have a house that's that big. You can always build up and just have like every every year just have one more floor. <laughs> See, I I don't think I do that. I think I just make another small one mm. in another in another location. Like I, I I dream of having like one little tiny house by the coast, one in the mountains, and one here. Like that would be. I'd rather have three small ones than one big one. If you if you understand that, or you can just do what Simon did and start driving a van and have like a, a van life and everything in there, tiny, cozy. Yeah, um, I thought about that a lot. I thought about that a lot, but I don't think it works out in the long run. I think it's fun for six months or a year, but you have to be really committed to that. Like living on the on the road takes its toll. Mm. Like it's fine and dandy and romantic, but you want us. I think everyone needs like a fixed home somewhere where you can just like sit down, turn on the fireplace and just kind of relax. Uh, I think the van life I'm just talking now, I want to do an Iceland trip with, with the van at end of this year. Um, so I'm really excited about that, but that's the maximum for me. Like I'd spend two weeks or a month in a van and then I would want a normal shower probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can find that in, in camps. So that that can work out. Yeah, I mean, just the warm feeling of like being enclosed in four comfy walls and not like having condensation and, and people knocking on your door at three <laughs> in the morning. I don't know. I, I like it. I like it, but I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be able to live in a van forever. And is there like a, a reason you want to move to like a small house outside the city? Are you more like um, with your? Like the kind of person who wants to be just alone um, and like um, away in this cabin. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm naturally like a more solitary person. Yeah, solitary. That was the that was the word I was looking for. It doesn't mean I don't like people. Um, I like people, but I get tired. Um, after being like, I get tired in cities. Just like too much happening. I always found that when you're in nature. And like just listening to the birds and enjoying the sunshine, like time slows down um, and you become a simpler human because of it. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to be the like loner in the forest uh, living alone in the house. I, I, I want like I want a family. Um, I want to I, I want to be a dad. I want to have my friends come over Um but just not in the city. Mm-hmm. I want to be surrounded by. I want to be surrounded by by nature. I want to have like a chicken coop and collect <laughs> the eggs in the morning and like simple <laughs> simple things like that uh, make me tick. I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle because that's why I really enjoy Ljubljana because it's a it's a small city with a lot of nature. Still get 
like especially in the summer birds wake me up from the surrounding hills um but still it's a city you can find stuff you can have all the amenities and everything yeah that's why it shows like the location is 25 minutes from the city center um mm. like you just go up a hill and you're you still look at the city um so so that was kind of the main thing i don't want to like go in a boat for two hours and like climb a mountain to to get home um still want to i don't know get an airbnb for the weekend and come into the city and like have a nice dinner and mm -hmm. i think it's 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 about balance i just want to have the ability to kind of remove myself and and relax i think there's like tranquility in nature and tranquility is happiness for me like i've always been the, the happiest just like sitting down on grass and just looking up at the sky like that's just peace for me when you say tranquility like my mind drifts to stoicism because like that's the number one thing with stoicism to achieve tranquility and to be tranquil yeah there's there's magic in that if if i think we had this conversation once but i i'm i'm not a stoic but i find a couple of ideas really hit home like a semi-stoic i think <laughs> <laughs> and then half hippie and something like a mix of everything <laughs> so why why do you think you're half hippie and, and not stoic what are the parts um that like are not compatible with stoic philosophy for you um i think there's just i mean a, a couple of times you may have even caught it in your in your own life i think a couple of times you can take stoicism as like an excuse Mm -hmm. and a lot of people do it and it's just like oh this is like i don't care it's like bullshit it's not like you can't you can't always you can't always believe something so firmly it's like it's it's kind of like i don't know like physics right you could take you could take physics and try and explain thoughts and consciousness and everything but i don't think that's right you can't apply it to everything sometimes you, just, you, you like have to be open and listen to maybe some things are different and not set in stone. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the only reason. I, I've never geared any philosophy that close. Like I, I take tidbits from everything and then try and learn from it, but I've never take, taken anything as like holy, like these are my ground rules and that's it. Mm. Like I think there's like, that's a pitfall. That's a bad thing to do in life because then you're like stuck in the same, you're on the same train for life. Yeah. I think you might like change and adapt and switch and, So that's kind of like the hippie mentality with me is just like hands up in the air and like listen to your listen to your gut, listen to your instincts um, and think, always think that not everything is as it seems and you don't have like a, a, an honest answer or like an upfront answer for anything like things, things change. It all comes down to uh, interpretation, and uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you that like you should uh, definitely not take anything. Oh, this is how it is set in stone. It will always be like that. Like you should, you should never do that or say that. Um, as as with everything, there has to be like um, uh, some sort of degree of of reasonable thought that goes into everything you do. You can't just blame it on either philosophy or way of life or religion or whatever um it's it's a it's a poor excuse if you do that yeah yeah that that's why you know a lot of 
It's one one other thing like I, I I love with what the internet has given us that you can kind of dig into minds of these all like amazing people like I don't know the most blatant example like Gary V like I I adore Gary V for what he represents and what he's doing in life but I never like have a couple of friends that are like oh my god Gary V said this and that like I've always like I don't care for that like that's his thing don't listen if you can learn something from him and do your own thing but for me that like hustle grind sweat work 16 hour days like for me that's both like i would never do that in my life yeah you can't see me now because this is a podcast but like i'm shaking my head yeah <laughs> um, i like the whole hustle porn or however people call it now that uh, that gary is promoting so heavily like for me that just like it screams toxicity it's like the worst thing of business is what he's saying that is the number one thing and i'm like if this is what business is like, I never want to start my business. Yeah, but I mean, again, I just kind of preface that with, I think it's a dangerous thought for applying it to everyone. But I think for him, it works exceptionally. Like he's an amazing hu human being. I respect the shit out of him. Mm. He's really, really awesome. And like, you know, you, you, there's, I, I know people like that in my life that they, they need to do that. Like they need that hunger. They need to like hustle, grind. That's what makes them tick. Um, I'm just not like that. Like peace makes me tick. Like I need to stand still, um, to really be happy. But for some people like hustling makes them happy. So like do your, do your own thing, but just don't, don't do something that someone else said just because they said it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you think that's success, find your own success, like find what success, define what success is for you. Um, and then try and find people that are kind of similar, learn from them um get rid of like the people that are stuck in your life like drop them like a balloon drop sandbags because they're weighing you down um build like a community of friends that inspire you that think the same learn from them and you'll all be better humans like because of it just don't take anything that anyone says for holy and don't do it like they do it like do your own thing i've always been a proponent of that yeah, well, while I uh, agree with that, I also would uh, caution to not surrender yourself with two like-minded people. You need diversity. You need people who like challenge your norms, challenge your assumptions. Like you need people who will call like bullshit on you when when you say something, and they're like, like no, that's that's not why. And then like listen to them and act on on what they say. You need people like that. Yeah, but I think that's just, you need honest people around yeah. you. I think yeah. that's just like honesty. And I've been fortunate enough to like, my my tribe of people that I have around me are just like blatantly honest, really intelligent people. And they always call me out on my bullshit. And I try, I've tried to be better at doing that in return. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the only way, it's the only way to like grow. Um it's the only way to, to like trust people, learn from them, listen, observe, um, be present. Um, always kind of always try to listen to everyone with an open mind, even if you are shitting on you, like you said, like call out bullshit, like listen to what they have to say, because it's a different mindset. Someone's looking, observing you from the outside. You're too in the thing you're doing and someone has an outside perfect per, like perspective. So take that as as something that that matters it's important 
there's a there's a uh, list of topics we have here and there is one that's related to this just friendships slash relationships is there something you want to like talk on this topic specifically or did you just want to bring it up i mean we kind of touched on it a couple of times but but yeah that was that was kind of the main build a family or like a tribe in your life like that was always important for me like to have people around me that you can fall back on it it gives you safety um just made me always always safe and just kind of get accustomed to the only permanent thing in life is change and if people come out of your life or into your life they gave you everything they needed to give and leave it at that like forget it drop it don't live in past relationships don't live in past friendships if they're gone and if they're kind of too hard to maintain let them be like take the happy parts take the good parts from it don't forget the bad parts but they happen for a reason like you know jobs had like an amazing talk stanford commencement speech looking back at the dots like for me i always always found that to be like a ruling force in my life like I, you don't see it right now if something's difficult or hard in your life and you're like crying and you're like weary and bruised to the bone and like broken it's gonna be something good is gonna come out of it it's like i think that's your like caterpillar moment like you're something's gonna turn into a butterfly at some point you just don't see it right now but looking back you're always gonna see it you're always gonna like connect the dots and i always found that true in my life Like the bad things, I'm thankful for them. Mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for the for the bad relationships, for the bad friendships. Um, so that 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 was, I think we touched up on that topic quite a bit, but just like incognito, we didn't really talk about it, but we did. I would just, do you have any any tips on how to build like a, a circle of people you trust? Um, not necessarily like minded, but maybe like aligned in like energy levels or. Um, for for lack of better term i've always trusted my gut feeling the most like i've 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 learned there there's always two opposing sides when you when you meet people right there's your like rational there's your like all your past experiences and all everything that you've lived through that tells you something about a person like oh he's like that person or he reminds me of that person oh he did this like this person did it mm-hmm. and then there's your gut feeling and they're usually not really aligned uh rare people come along in your life that are kind of aligned in both those ways um i don't i think it's be honest um like i've been in my life i've i I was always like the socially awkward kid in the corner that got like beat up and bullied around and i really i can't imagine that really knowing you yeah i mean the incompatible California was like the switching moment for me. Um, like I just learned to be more receiving. I, I taught myself how to talk to people and I fell in love with it then. Like I always thought like, oh, I'm not for people. I'm freaked out by talk. Like if I have to talk to a group of people and then I just like try like running, right? You run your first mile and then I tried it, tried it, tried it. And then I saw like, hey, that's bullshit. I love people. I love being <laughs> around people. Um, but ultimately in the end, it's like balance, right? Every time I'm surrounded by a large amount of people, then I need on the other side, I need my forest. Um, it's always, it's always a search. One of my best friends, um, 
always reminds me, like he always reminds me balance. Um, cause I, I live in the ups and downs. Like my, my life goes up and down and up and down, like business, personal, everything. Like there's a lot of moving around. There's a lot of change, but I kind of found a peace living with that, like accepting that everything changes and I'm kind of calm with that, with that understanding. So I found, I think I found a balance and it took 30 years um, to find it. I don't know how it's, I don't have any good advice on how to maintain it. Um, I think kind of staying true, staying honest, humble, um, and peaceful for me at least is, is what works. And on, on that high note, um, uh, it's time for the recommendations. Um, what would be like three things that, um, let's say made a lasting impression on you or like changed, changed your life other than going to California, obviously. Lasting impressions on my life, running absolutely one of the best things that has happened to me, finding that, finding a, Finding a physical something that you do with your body, I think movement, um, not running, just moving, moving around in the world. Um, Alan Watts, um, he, I, I found him, I think I was like 15 and he was just like a pivotal force in my life he is he was an alcoholic like at some point he he he's not a perfect human being oh, no one is yeah but but just his kind of attitude um i always found it i always found it like comforting that someone else exists that can kind of calm me down and kind of share some basic life philosophies with that i'm not like the outcast the weirdo um that there are other people that kind of believe in the same things that i do so he was always like uh, a father figure if if i can use that that term loosely um mm. around here but um the last i think pivotal i mean the internet man <laughs> 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 I'd recommend, I'd recommend the internet. Like, don't take it. A lot of people in life will tell you like for their kids, like, oh, the internet is an evil, dark place. Like it's not, it's, it's, it's also beautiful. Um, again, balance, like it, it has to be both poles. It has to be the, the positive and the negative, but change that about your attitude. Like go out and try and find the positives and everything. Like even like my nephew, perfect example, like he goes on YouTube and finds like tutorials and stuff to learn um like change that if you're if you're a person in their 20s 30s try and find the positives everywhere try and take the good out of everything such a zen advice zen advice yeah well just one change my one letter in my name you got zen (laughs) (laughs) yeah how do you i don't know how do people discern what's good from what's bad um I think especially with like since you mentioned YouTube with the algorithms like it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole like you start watching one type of videos and then suggest it is a similar type um and then it gets more extreme from there every every suggestion is more extreme um so I I think yeah while I agree that internet is an amazing thing it's also working against us because like all the big corporations and everything like they want to sell you ads they want to sell you views so they are encouraged to like 
drive it down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the big players are, once you take like two steps back and really think about what's going on, on like a higher level, information drives everything. Like it's it's our, our economy currently, it's not driven by money, it's driven by information. And information is currency right now. It's, it's becoming the main currency in the world. Um, but I mean, advice for, for to answer your question, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're a parent, control it for your kid. If you're a grown-up, use common sense. Like those would be the two with with doing anything on the internet because it's like really, really freaky. And I, I I know everyone like has a story like, oh, I was on a phone call with my friend. And we were talking about like going to Bora Bora and then you open Instagram and it's like Bora Bora and you're like, what the hell is happening? Like, how is this? It happened like it, it's your your location, your and it's just going to get more and more insane so if you're freaked out by that, like the same way I am, move to the woods <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, but com- use common sense. Like don't put everything on the internet. Like don't put every photo. Don't share everything you do. Don't share every thought and opinion. Like keep something sacred. Some things are not meant to be shared on the internet. Like some things belong to you and you should keep them that way because yeah. it makes them more holy. I think it, makes, it gives them more value. The problem with common sense, as Voltaire said, like uh, common sense is not that common, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that's, that's a good, I'll remember that one. Um, anyway, on that uh, high note, uh, thank you, Jean, for your time. That was, uh, was a really nice interview. Me, I think this was an honor and a privilege to be here. I hope at some point when you run out of awesome people to talk to, I can come back. <laughs> yeah i'm I'm not doing repeats just yet but uh yeah maybe maybe one day yeah put me on the top of that list <laughs> <laughs> definitely um okay uh thank you again thanks man it was a pleasure and uh goodbye bye all right this was my interview with john i would love if you would share this podcast with your friends and followings send them a message tweet it out or write a facebook post you want them to listen to a good podcast right if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you would truly make my day if you post a review there. I get a lot of DMs, but no one else sees those. Reviews are there for everyone to see, and they help other people discover good shows. Like, you know, this one. If you're using a different app, like Breaker, Overcast, or anything that supports liking or favoriting, I'd appreciate your action there as well. You can also financially support this podcast. I know that right now you're probably running, driving, walking a dog, or doing dishes. But when you come back to your computer and your hands have dried, I invite you to go to patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash P-A-R-P-A-S-B-O-D. Or open the show notes and follow the Patreon link there. Thank you. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We are at parapasspot on all of them. All the links from this episode are in the show notes and on our website parallelpassion.com slash 25. Thank you for listening and have a passionate day. Google